Hello, everybody. We are live. It is your WrestleMania Sunday post show. I am John Pollock, joined by Wei Ting, moments after the conclusion of night two of WrestleMania. How are you doing, Wei? I'm doing all right, John. This is, uh, I guess, I guess technically the wrap up of, uh, WrestleMania weekend, is it not? Uh, this is it. If you want to, uh, extend it to Monday, I mean, the, the, the calm down is, uh, three more hours of wrestling in, in Dallas on, on Monday night. It never ends. It is actually really just the beginning of WrestleMania backlash, I think. That's right. The, the, uh, the WrestleMania backlash now begins. Yeah. Um, but here we are to chat about hours and hours of wrestling, uh, that, that we watched again tonight. Uh, what was, uh, kind of your overall vibe? How, how do you feel right now? Last night you came on and you were, you were glowing. Okay. We, it was radiating through the screen. Like you were on a very, very much on a high. How do you mm-hmm. feel in comparison 24 hours later after this show? Not, not as much of a high. Um, this to me felt very much like I would say a pretty standard WWE show, maybe even in some ways below standard. Um, I felt tonight, you know, had some good moments, but not as much surprise. It didn't help that, you know, I think Saturday was so good, but, um, I don't think Sunday lived up to it in terms of both in-ring content, in-ring quality, nor surprise. Although we did get elements of both. Elements of both. This one to me, when I look at what I think got like the most traction, whether it was how they pulled off the Johnny Knoxville match with Wee Man involved, a mousetrap, Vince McMahon wrestling, Pat McAfee. It just seemed like if you gave the keys of booking WrestleMania to Brett Lauderdale, this was like the spring breakish edition of WrestleMania at different points. Maybe with with a bit less, um, you know, um, uh, doors and gusset boards and things like that. There, there was a bit of you know craziness attached. I mean, we knew this going into this WrestleMania, though. I mean, it was very celebrity heavy, very um, you know, sports entertainment heavy, we should say. And uh, I, I almost felt like you know tonight was there. Were, there was a lot of fun stuff on this show, but I don't think anyone it's it's quite the hill to die on if you're going to try and argue night two over night one. Like I just yeah. think night one was such a superior show that you cannot even make a a good faith argument about the second night being better, but uh, everyone has the right to their own opinion. I will say tonight they, they did accomplish a, a major feat. They did make the two hour kickoff show even less important than, than yesterday's. Like there was <laughs> nothing of note on this two hour kickoff yeah. show other than a really good Paul Heyman promo that I actually wish they had done on television where Heyman explained he had the same feeling tonight as he did at WrestleMania 30 uh, with when he knew Brock was going to end the streak and knowing that that would be the beginning of the decline of The Undertaker and the parallel being that Heyman was very much involved in Mark Calloway's early career and here he was attached to Brock's career and he's going to see tonight the end, the, the decline of Brock begin because he knows that he cannot equal Roman Reigns. I thought it was uh, leaps and bounds, the, the best of anything on this two hour kickoff show. I just wish this promo had been done on Friday, for instance, because I thought it was a really good promo. And I imagine like 74,000 people were watching this on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he just came up with this, you know, maybe moments before he was set to go on air for this kickoff show, just because he probably just has all of this within him. And you could probably just say, Hey, Paul Heyman, can you fill three minutes of content? And he gives you like a gem like this. So, um, 
you know, the, I mean, for me, though, like the story was already told, like we already kind of got to this point and it, it was a minor thing. I just thought it was a good promo. And I just wonder how many people um, watched it. Um, the rest um, of the preview show, um, they had a like Leonard Floyd and then Micah Parsons and Ezekiel Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys and then George Kittle, who was like a big, big, big fan and mm-hmm. uh, some interviews with Maria Menounos. That was essentially it. And some uh, some video profile pieces. You know, yeah. you got to see Roman do some weightlifting. Awesome. Uh, that was neat. <laughs> that was you know what? This whole build, not getting Peacock. That Roman, where's my credit card? Let's <laughs> sign up right now. Thing is, it's like, we, we know what these are. They're, they're, they're tailgate party types of things. Like, I, I don't watch football, but I know these types of shows are on like for hours before game day. Um, it's, it's just a way to, you know, have people f- put the channel on as they might be having a party it's- at their house. It is a party vibe until the last 10 minutes when they're there at the panel and everyone's gone into their seats and it feels sad because everyone's left and here's this panel and they're outside. It's like the party's starting and they're not inside. Um, anyway. Well, typically it's the opposite. They do these from the inside. Usually and they do. De- yeah. It's depressing at the beginning because nobody's there and then they start to file in. So this, That's right. this year it's a bit different. Yeah. Remember some of those where they, they would start the first kickoff match and they'd have problems getting everyone to their seats. So it'd be mm. like a giant arena or stadium and like 10 percent of the seats are occupied Mm -hmm. do you think they'll keep this like having no matches on these kickoffs and just i can't say look for for all that said i prefer Mm -hmm. it like this i i think that you know doing the the kickoff matches i think it just tell your your audience is not all that that engaged i mean you can't away that initial pop you know of like seeing something in the ring for the first time for the crowd um, I think you also don't have to extend WrestleMania. I think the average viewer is, is tuning in at eight o'clock. They're not tuning in at six. And mm-hmm. if you're telling people like I was a little surprised Saturday because that aired on USA and I thought that they would want some wrestling content on that two hour block. But again, it was just interviews and, and hype packages and USA gave them two hours on Saturday. Hmm. So let's get into the main show. Uh, Jesse James Decker sang America the Beautiful and we got a new updated video uh, with Mark Wahlberg uh, talking about uh, highlights of the night before running it back and tips for a sequel. Yeah, sure. Okay. So they didn't just like, you know, just reuse the video from the night prior that they had been using the last few years. I remember they just would run the same video the next night. So they did come up with a, they gave uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh, you know, probably a full day rate instead of the half day. Gave him two scripts instead of one. Triple H comes out to start the show, and his daughters are in the front row. Uh, he hugged Gable Stevenson, um, who apparently is friends with Damon Kemp from NXT because they were together in the front row. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I wonder if they go way back together. I'm or if sure. they, maybe they just met for the first time. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're quite good friends. Yes. Uh, this was a pretty sustained reaction um, to the point that I wonder if like Sheamus was looking at his clock already or his watch. Uh, at, for the new uh, day. Yeah, at like 10 yeah. after 8. So Hunter's got his wrestling boots. He places them down in the center of the ring, signifying the retirement. The crowd is chanting for him. He's giving the two sweet sign and he thanks the fans and just welcomes everyone to WrestleMania. The pyro goes off and that, that was it. It was just kind of a, you know, just signifying what everyone knew and seeing Hunter on. Well, we, we saw him on NXT on Saturday and then seeing him on uh, regular WWE, you know, on a broadcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's had quite a bit of like public activity, you know, throughout this entire weekend. And, uh, it's the most public profile he's had since uh, September. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when he announces at retirement on, on that, on ESPN, um, we had wondered, I think, you know, would we get any sort of like real recognition on screen and that evening for, uh, what is it? Either Raw or SmackDown. Like they didn't really do anything. They just mentioned, no, he, he announces retirement and clearly they were saving for a moment for WrestleMania. This was a surprise, you know, not something that, that, that they had announced and just to be able to hear Triple H's entrance and to see him do that water spit one more time in front of this crowd, I thought was a really nice moment, especially, you know, seeing him with his children ringside. Like it, it really was quite emotional, actually. They identify Gable Stevenson in the, in the front row. And then our first match is RK Bro, the Street Profits, and Alpha Academy for the Raw Tag Team Championships. And I, I thought they had a really great opener here. Everyone got tossed to the floor. And then all six brawl. Uh, Ford hits a dive over the corner onto the four and uh, onto the four on the floor and lands on his feet. Gable tops out with a moonsault to everyone on the floor. Uh, Every RK Bro match, they get the heat on Riddle for a long time. He hits a bro to sleep onto Dawkins and called as such. Uh, makes the tag to Orton. Place is going wild for him. He hits a power slam onto Ford. The draping DDT is avoided and Orton is pulled to the floor. Uh, but then Orton dumps Ford and then Gable onto the desk. RK Bro hit tandem draping DDTs onto the Street Profits. And as they call for the RKO, uh, they're pulled to the floor by Alpha Academy. And then Alpha Academy hit a Steinerizer onto Montez Ford, uh, which they did tie into the Steiners. Uh, the Profits then hit a blockbuster to Gable off the shoulders to Dawkins for a near fall. And the crowd is like pretty hot for this at this point. Dawkins hits a sky high onto Orton and then a somersault dive to the floor by Dawkins. Ford goes on top, and as he is balancing on the top, Riddle hits a springboard into an RKO off the top turnbuckle. That looked terrific, and then Gable goes for like a swan dive off the top into Randy's RKO, pinning him in 11 minutes and 33 seconds. I thought this was going to be good, like they've never disappointed on television, uh, but this was a, a a notch above the the usual combination of, of these sex. I thought they had a really good outing, and this this ended up being one of the better matches on the show. Very true. Yeah, I thought it was a very good match, very good opener to really kind of set the tone for the night and carrying on the momentum, I would say, from the previous night. You know, all six, I think, are very good. But Gable, especially, he has had a real, you know, resurgence and has seemingly finally found a spot within the WWE ecosystem. This was his first Mania, like, main show match, right? I think you'd mentioned that on TV. I'm guessing because I, I can't picture anything of significance, you know, in prior years for him. I mean, here, this was a principal role. He got to basically play the main heel of the entire match. And in ring, of course, he is outstanding, even amongst this very talented pack. And as much as I hate that shush thing, I mean, it is working. It is getting over uh, with with plenty of people. So and then, of course, those spectacular closing RKOs, you know, I was a little bit surprised at the outcome here. I thought they might take the this opportunity to like either pass it on to the street profits who have been really fe- feeling like kind of neglected lately um, or like having somebody turn heel, whether it be Orton or Riddle or the street profits. And instead- I think that's where they're going with the street profits, it seems, for based on, you know, what they've been teasing. I, and I think that's the program. They they, they protected the the street profits in the finish, and I think that's that's a good program for Orton and Riddle to go with here. And um, yeah, I could see that being the program. Can Can you explain to me? Like, I was a little like I don't know if I missed this, but like, are, are three people allowed to be legal at once in this? Yeah, segment? that's how they started it, and it just seemed to be just it, it, it just seemed to be coming. It was pretty much like tornado rules, right? Yeah, that, I mean, I, I, that was a little confusing because like in the next match with the women, it, like two, only two people could be legal at once. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know what the uh, what the parameters were were, were for okay, this whatever. as compared to the the fatal four way. Uh, but Orton uh, got busted around his eye, and uh, the prophets pour them drinks in the red cups, and they're gonna have a WrestleMania toast uh, with Gable Stevenson, who they invite into the ring, but. Chad Gable swats the drink away. Um, th- this is where I'm going to need some help because we had two Gables in the ring and I can't tell the two Gables apart because they've got the same name. So this, this was very, very confusing as a WWE viewer to see two people with the same name and we have to decipher. So, uh, Chad Gable squares off with, with Steveson and Steveson grabs the mic, but then Gable takes it away and calls him a kid and needs to shush in his presence. And he takes Chad and he delivers a big overhead belly to belly. And then he drinks with the other guys. And this was the extent of uh, Gable Stevenson's involvement here on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really putting a lot of uh, attention on him as a recent signee and uh, somebody that, uh, you know, who, whose mainstream appeal, I guess they want to take advantage of while, while it's still pretty hot. You know, as far as like where he's at today, I mean, we, we see outsiders, and again, the, the bar for celebrities in professional wrestling right now is actually quite high. In terms of charisma, I mean, I'm, I'm not getting any of that right now from, you know, at least Gable Stevenson's appearances on WWE TV. So, um, we'll see like how long it takes for him to actually feel like a wrestling, you know, wrestler, I should say, uh, or sports entertainer maybe would be even better for me to say. Um, and we'll see who they pair him with because it seems like, I mean, what do you think, John? Like, are we seeing him on Raw tomorrow? Is this it for him or, or, or does he go away for a bit and then come back? I think the idea is as soon as he's done school the, the, this year, then boom, he's on Raw. He, I think, absolutely needs a mouthpiece. And if I'm looking up and down the roster, someone who I am very high on would be like Malcolm Bivens or somebody. But I oh, don't know. 100%. I don't yeah. know if they want to attach a Malcolm Bivens to uh, Gable Stevenson, but that that would kind of be my call. I, I think that guy is a super talent that um, I would want on the main roster at this point. I mean, and bring some members of Diamond Mine with him. It kind of is perfect, you know, but it does feel like he's more of a baby face right now. Yeah. Uh Tons of uh, highlight packages from from the night prior uh, that we saw on the show, and we go to Omos versus Bobby Lashley, a Herculean task here for one Bobby Lashley. So Omos drops him in the corner. He runs at Lashley, but barely hits him. So he resets and does it again. This was not yeah. a good start. It was really bad. I'm guessing like Lashley was supposed to evade, and then they. They, it, 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 he kind of connected. I don't know what happened here, but like, they you know, we, we see this often, you know, when, when, when something might screw up and the veterans are able to figure out a way to, to get back to the spot that feels organic or they might just completely drop it. This just felt like it was almost like rewinding it and doing a retake as if, you know, we're on a film set and, and it really did unfortunately expose it. Yeah, this was uh, maybe a tribute to when Scott Hall, the story he would tell when they were taping TV and when there was a screw up, he'd look into the camera. Take two. Yeah. No take yeah. two. Not at we're WrestleMania. Li- we're live, pal. Yeah. Uh, goes for the hurt lock. Omos stops it. They go to the floor and then a cross body is caught by Omos and he's thrown off the shoulders and Lashley is put into a bear hug. And dude, Omos runs him into the corner and the back of Lashley's head smashes into the post behind him. That looked awful. Um, Lashley is finally able to build up and hit a vertical suplex. He spears him from behind, which I don't know if that was the the intention or not. I don't know if I'd be getting fancy with Spears with Omos being the target and he's not seeing where I, you're coming from. I have to imagine it was. I mean, well, 
it, it it just seemed more like a setup for the actual spear. Well, if that was the case, cool. Um, he hit him from behind, then hit the proper one and pinned him in six minutes and 35 seconds. This was the right call. I did not see Bobby Lashley needing to be sacrificed to this guy, but I was very curious about the booking because this sort of tells you like this is where we've gone with, with, with Omos and I don't know where he goes from here. Uh, I, I thought this was a pretty bad match. I agree. Uh, I thought it, you know, ended the streak of, I think, very positive, uh, feeling matches that we saw from last night's WrestleMania up until now. Um, this was certainly, I'm going to have to say like, if you don't count, you know, the Vince match or like, you know, even like some of the unplanned matches, as far as advertised matches go, this was probably the weakest thing on either show. If I'm recalling everything properly. Um, Oh, this was worse than anything on the first night. And I would say, yeah, t- tonight it was this and like Vincent McAfee, which I, I barely just, even was a call a match. Yeah. yeah. But you know, uh, like as a way to kickstart a Bobby Lashley babyface run, I mean, I think it made sense to go this direction. You know, it's an easy David Goliath story to tell. You got a good crowd reaction from Lashley doing the suplex on Omos and Spears for the finish. But you're right, John, as a match, it was not good. You know, like Omos is a talent who I think like over the year has been improving, but you need to be at a higher level to be able to pull off a singles match for the length that they did with him as a heel, having to control so much of it. And this was only six minutes. It's like all this protection. It's like, you he does squash matches that are it's like you're building and building and building but it's like this is the deep end that you are building him for and if you can't do a coherent six minute match uh with a bobby lashley it's like what are we building this up for um and that's going to be the question that's answered in the fallout of this like i don't think you completely give up on omos but at the same time but but at the same time like you do have to adjust i i feel at this point like i i don't see him being you know a main event level heel right now but we've already yeah. done the tag run. So it, it, he's, he's an interesting one to watch after this. So, again, you know, I, I think we, th- we have to think about this, like whether or not this was even part of the initial plan. So let's say if Bobby Lashley was, was actually not healthy enough to be able to do this. I mean, would Omos have even been on WrestleMania? So do we simply look at this as like, OK, this is like, you know, hey, we have an opportunity for, for this, giving Omos a bit of uh, experience here. We're not going to grade him so seriously. This is not going to be the end of, the, of this push if it's not spectacular. And I don't think this ruined him whatsoever. It just was not up to the standard of, I think, you know, even. But like, this was the first loss. Had. And that's what he's been built up for, like this undefeated run that he's had for a year. Like mm-hmm. that, that first loss is significant. Uh, also worth noting, no MVP here. You're right. Yeah. I, I thought that that would be the finish that they would go. But I mean, Lashley winning, um, they could still do, you know, like again, like to me, like undefeated streaks aren't that important in, in modern day professional wrestling. The, the aura of him being a giant is always going to be there because he is a giant. So you can have him tomorrow come back, maybe pairing with MVP, maybe, maybe, maybe just have him beat up Bobby Lashley. And I think the, the value is still there. So I'm, I'm imagining they might carry out carry this feud on, but you know, maybe with Omos with somebody else now. Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn was next and Knoxville's out and uh, the jackass members are in the front row and we would find out spread at different parts of the the ring area and Knoxville is wearing goggles uh, because safety. Maybe he was watching Braun Breaker and realized, you know what, I uh, I might be doing some uh, advanced stunts. I want to I want to protect my eyes. So the bell rings and. Zane takes this guy's head off with a haluva kick right at the beginning, like just blasts him with this uh, kick. And so he, Zane is 
I mean, Zayn was at another level in this match. I mean, he was fantastic. He is egging on the jackass guys in the front row and ends up getting sprayed with a fire extinguisher by Knoxville. And this is when this match, it was pretty much watching Home Alone, the wrestling match. It was coming up with all these wacky stunts and Sami Zayn was hired to be Daniel Stern. Uh, and um, what's what's the other dude's name? I forget. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. He's both yeah. of them. What's his name? Yeah, yeah. That's that, that's like the uh, the film adaptation that they could do with maybe Owens and Zayn one day. I'd love to see it. Yeah. So Knoxville, uh, <laughs> Zayn is reaching out for a table underneath the ring, and he pulls out a table full of mouse traps. And Knoxville starts banging these trash can lids to the side of Zayn's head like symbols, and. He comes back and hits Knoxville with an exploder through a table in the corner and sets up for another halluva kick. But Johnny Knoxville pulls out an air horn and, and sets it off in Zane's ears to stop the halluva kick. Uh, this is at this point where you're making a decision. You're either really into this match or it's not for you. I found this to be really fun. Then Chris Ponty, as party boy, comes in and he takes off his clothes so he's in a speedo and starts rubbing up against Zane and gets blasted by Sammy, who just levels this dude. And it leads to a near fall with Knoxville for a two count. And this crowd, they're into this. Like they're into the near fall. Then he goes to the floor. Wee Man emerges from underneath the ring and attacks Sami Zayn. This crowd's having a great time. He kicks him in the knee, and then, I swear to God, he lifts Sami Zayn with some assistance and body slams Sami Zayn. An unbelievable level of trust here in uh, Sami Zayn uh, to get up for this and not get like dumped on his head or something, but he completed the move. He had his Andre moment. He Wee did, Man. yes. Knoxville hits a tornado DDT for another near fall that the audience popped huge for. And they introduced this contraption where there is a leg with a lever so that it can kick someone in the balls. Yes. You knew that you knew that would get uh, utilized at some point here. Uh, Wee Man is taken out with a halluva kick. Crowd was very sad by that. And then Zane climbs to the top rope and Knoxville sets off the pyro. Which burns Zane, uh, in his balls. So he falls down into the, he's seated in the corner and Knoxville pulls out a bowling ball and does the Al Snow spot, sending the bowling ball into his balls. And then the machine kicks Zane. So they were working a body part here with, with different offensive maneuvers here from the pyro to the bowling ball to this contraption. And then he, Zane, the part that killed me. He runs away from the taser and they do the giant hand. <laughs> Dude, I was just, I was dying at this point. Like, this was funny as hell. <laughs> and it was some wonderful blocking as well because we didn't see any, you know, um, <laughs> sign of, of this giant hand being ringside. Like, it, it hit him from it was, out of frame. It was perfectly. so preposterous, but it was yeah. just, it was great. He uses the tongs on the balls and then goes through the table of mousetraps and they pull out this gigantic mousetrap. This is the stupidest thing I've ever recapped. And he's put into the giant mousetrap. I thought they were going to have trouble with this. Like, Knoxville's playing with it. Thankfully, it worked because this was the end. It, Zane is caught in this giant mousetrap and Knoxville pins him in 14 minutes and 26 seconds. Dude, I, I, I thought you were just going to think like this was the greatest thing of all time. I, I had a great time watching this. I was all into the, like the stunts and stuff. I thought Zami Zane was just, 
I had such a level of appreciation. The range of this man as a performer is defined by Dallas with our WrestleManias from Ooh, Shinsuke Nakamura in 2016 call. to Johnny Knoxville six years later. I, I thought this was super fun. It really was. Absolutely. You know, and uh, when, when they announced this and when they, when they announced it for WrestleMania, um, I never really doubted that I think it would be entertaining because I think you're talking about two very creative people, including Johnny Knoxville, who has made a career out of ridiculous stunts that are ultimately very entertaining and, and, and very creative. So when you put them together, you know, the only question is how would they have been able to pull it off live? Exactly. And there were, this was like a live 14 minute jackass, jackass scene. Yeah. And a lot could have gone wrong. And it was. I, I thought they did a like a pretty good job. Like this is what was promoted. They were not promoting a wrestling match. They were not promoting anything. This is what they were promoting. Yeah, yeah. I thought the addition of the rest of the Jackass crew. I mean, really, to me, like seeing like to me, Wee Man kind of took this thing to the to the next level. Um, it to me like so much of, and we're going to talk about this later on throughout the show. But so much of I think what makes WrestleMania special is the element of surprise. And for every match, you know, that you might be expecting something to get something unexpected, just seems to heighten uh, audience interest that much more. And in this match, it came in the form of the rest of the Jackass crew and these ridiculous looking stuff. And they didn't all come across great, like, or they, they weren't pulled off flawlessly, of course, you know, like even the little boot maybe had a bit of an awkwardness to start. And of yeah, course, they had some finish. trouble at the beginning, but they, they used it later. It wasn't, uh, it got a reaction. And even the mousetrap at the end, which unfortunately, when he pulled the cord, uh, it seemed to snap and Knoxville had to use his own hand. And then he ended up getting caught in the mousetrap himself. Again, not perfect. But they had already won the crowd over by that point, and this was a very appreciative audience that was very entertained, I thought. Yeah, I I gave this match. I think you, you have to give both performers uh, a giant hand. They go to uh, more replays from the first night and on to the Fatal 4-Way with Queen Zelina and Carmella against Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, Sasha Banks and Naomi, and Natalia and Shayna Baszler for the women's tag titles. Uh, some of the entrances here, we had Sasha come out in a green Lamborghini that Naomi hopped into as they drove across the stage. Liv Morgan was out as Catwoman, and then Rhea Ripley comes out, and Graves thinks that she is dressed as Donnie Darko, and Saxton says, I think she's going for Batman. Yeah, I mean, could it be Donnie Darko? I don't know. They, they seem more like bunny ears than bat ears. Um, yeah, that that is what it seemed like as well. Um, Graves promises a celebration with Carmella that the audience has never seen before. So they were going back, uh, I guess, to uh, the live sex tease here, which would not happen. Maybe it'll take place on their YouTube show because nobody's watching that. Uh, possible. So... Um, the match they had, they got more time than I thought. They ended up with, uh, almost 11 minutes here. And early on, there was, uh, Liv hit oblivion to Sasha, but she's not the legal woman. So Natalia comes in and attacks. You have Baszler and Carmella arguing after she had tagged herself in. Zelina hit a code red. Then, uh, Naomi hit a rear view to Natalia. And we see Banks and Naomi, uh, hit a double eat defeat onto Liv Morgan. All eight are in the ring, and in opposite corners, they execute Towers of Doom with Liv and Rhea sending each side off from uh, each corner. So all eight women are down, and we see a riptide into the double knees of Liv onto Naomi, but Sasha makes the save for her partner. A heart attack gets stopped by Zelina, who pulls Natalia down to the floor, and then Naomi lands a kick. Banks hits a frog splash, but Carmella kicks out. She moves to 
the bank statement. Zelina pulls Carmella to the floor. There's a meteora. And then our finish sees Naomi and Sasha alone with Carmella. And Naomi lifts her up. And Banks comes off the rope, rolls into a code breaker uh, for this double team maneuver of theirs. And Sasha pins Carmella in 10 minutes and 51 seconds. So Sasha and Naomi... They won all their matches in the lead up to this. They put the titles on them. What a novel concept. And I thought like they really sold the idea that they, these titles meant something when they won. Like Sasha was nearly in tears here, uh, winning this. So I, I don't know if this is the match that people are necessarily going to remember from this second night, but I, I would say they got more time than I thought. And there were a lot of bodies in this, this match. It's tough when you have eight people, uh, but they seem to make the, the best of it. They seem to, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, maybe comparing this to previous, um, matches like this for the women's championship, which in the past have just really kind of felt like excuses to, you know, have more, more people in there just so they get, get some airtime. And this had certainly was like, you know, kind of partially that as well. Um, I thought we actually got more match than, than I was expecting overall. Yeah. Like, you know, you, and it really helped by having, a superstar in there, like a main event level superstar and Sasha Banks, who I think, you know, held most of this crowd's interest. Um, I, I can't say like overall though, I, I liked the match. You know, it, it was to me not worthy of, I think the standard that had been set for WrestleMania up until this point from the prior two nights. This to me felt like anything you could have seen on a B pay-per-view or a main event of a SmackDown. Um, and I think overall for me, my interest was certainly hurt by, the heels being so poor Carmella and Zelina have been just portrayed as like you know people who are just not serious threats whatsoever and these tag team belts I think have so little value attached to them you're right like you know Sasha crying is probably doing a whole lot of you know to make that perception change but during the match itself I sensed my in myself and within the audience not that much desire to even see you know a fan favorite like Sasha and Naomi win because these belts just they're in need of of a lot of rehabbing yeah I I think that in a in a setting where it's you just isolate who are our two most over teams that we're going to utilize and you give them 11 minutes. I think that they, they would have had a much higher chance, I think, of, of having um, a, a match that would be viewed as more significant. I think it was tough when you're putting eight people into this on, on top of it and you're trying to give everyone a, a little bit of spotlight throughout this before the end. If if they get to a rematch for Backlash, I would love to see Liv and Rhea versus Sasha and Naomi. I think that would be great. AJ Styles against Edge. So at the beginning here, AJ comes out and the pyro goes off and all of a sudden he's bleeding from his temple on his way down the ramp. I don't know yeah. what the hell happened here. Um, so there was a clip that that ended up um, finding its way onto Twitter where he basically walked into the star on the ramp like oh. that that they walk under. So his music plays and he just like he gets basically clotheslined or punched in the face by the WrestleMania star at the entrance ramp. So um, <laughs> this will be a story, I think, for uh, you know a future twenty-four or something. Well, he he looked pretty annoyed on his way oh, to yeah. the ring. Like, yeah, of course. It, like it was a nasty little cut. Like not not anything serious. Could have knocked but himself out. Uh, it was just my God. They've they've had some trouble with uh the, this WrestleMania sign this year. Uh, well, yeah, different sign. I mean, not different the one sign, pop, but, but nonetheless, this logo. Maybe they need maybe to design should... some more rounded corners. I would say on these well, well, in, logos. Yeah, maybe next year let's go with a sun. Let's go with something circular. <laughs> that's that's probably even worse with like you know all the rays. Mm. Um, 
just a big pillow, just a big soft pillow for WrestleMania next year. Well, once he, uh, once he got his bearings together, uh, Edge made his entrance on a throne surrounded by fire and wearing, uh, this large black coat, very much in the style of the Undertaker. And then his gear and, uh, and the brood, of course. Yeah. And the brood, but it almost seemed like he was recruiting the dark order here. He was in a uh, purple and black. I mean, those are Taker's colors too, aren't they? Well, the colors have been taken now. I guess. A bit of everything mixed into this. It looked cool. You know, look, look like an entrance worthy of a, of a faction leader. So Styles goes after him right away and Edge teases a spear, but AJ avoids it and sends Edge into the steps after a sliding knee. And he goes for a springboard 450 and lands on Edge's knees. And uh, this led to Edge working over the midsection and ribs. But at the same time, his knee was he was favoring his knee from blocking the Mm -hmm. springboard 450, which I always like when you, you take that element that you block something, but you're giving up something by blocking it and and like your defense is also going to affect you. So totally. uh, Edge was uh, utilizing that throughout the match. And then Edge hits this huge shoulder breaker. And credit here to the announcers who did the callback to the mm. Rumble from 2020 when Edge's spear led to AJ dislocating his shoulder. And that became the whole focus of this match was the shoulder and AJ having to wrestle with with one arm and having that history that your announcers, that's something that I would imagine the common viewer is not going to think of of this history i I totally didn't remember it so yeah it added to the match yeah i thought i thought it was a great uh great decision to go with this but your announcers i think calling it out like that's something it was great so aj he's even struggling to climb the turnbuckle because of this shoulder and edge stops him uh aj eventually gets him up for a torture rack into a rack bomb uh, Edge is kicking away at the arm, and AJ responds with a Pele kick, applies the calf crusher, and Edge moves to an arm bar, and then the crossface cranking on the bad shoulder, and AJ's got to bite the fingers to get free. And the announcers are asking, who has the grit? And there's a slingshot by uh, Edge into a sit-out powerbomb. Styles then stops Edge on the turnbuckle and suplexes him onto the edge of the apron. Yes. Yes. And then AJ follows. Man, it's a it's a tough night here. I don't know. I mean, of the microphone, I'm just uh, I'm trying to bring up my best here one's... for you. Way he hits a springboard 450 onto Edge's back, uh, which made sense after the uh, the apron spot. And they're explaining that the 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 cover attempt he took a second or two longer, and therefore Edge was able to kick out. There's a springboard that misses, and then uh, we see a leapfrog, and. AJ avoids the spear with the leapfrog and hits the Styles Clash, but Edge gets the shoulder up. A great near fall here. I I thought it was like such a great sequence. I was like, this, this finish better be pretty damn great because that was a, a tremendous near fall. Uh, but of course, this was because Damian Priest would appear ringside. And as AJ is on the edge of the apron, he sees Damian, he hesitates, and he goes for the phenomenal forearm, but is caught with a spear in midair. Edge pins him in 24 minutes and 27 seconds, this having the distinction of the longest match of either night of WrestleMania. 24 minutes. Uh, I thought it was a very good match. You know, um, I think it was on pace to be a great match, but I don't think it quite got there. You know, for me, it might have been missing a bit of a um, higher gear, like run towards the end for me to really kind of solidify like my my feelings about this. And I I don't think this was better better than either the uh, the Cody match or nor the Bianca Belair Becky Lynch match. Um, 
but I thought they told like a really different pace of story with like, you know, I think doing a really good job with the body part injuries up until towards the end. Um, it was very like you could tell like these these are two like, you know, Ferraris like racing each other. Like they're both their timing is so incredibly good with their dodges and their evasions and their psychology. Um, for me, my, what might have hurt it was like maybe the lack of build and the lack of intrigue in the characters involved. But as a way to kick off a faction, it was satisfying. But I do feel like you know th- there might even be a, be a better match between be, between these two in there. Yeah, I, I I had a pretty similar reaction to this. I I got into it. I was enjoying the match. Th- this very much felt like like Edge. I think is very much um you know kind of structuring his matches very much like we're watching with CM Punk on on AEW, where um you know he's trying to tell these stories with, with it within the match and um. This was one that, yeah, I, I don't think it, it hit the level of the top two matches uh, of the first night. And you can look at that. Like this was in a position to be that match for night number two. This was the one they certainly had the time. They had nearly uh, 25 minutes. Um, but I, I like the stuff with the shoulder. I thought like AJ's selling was phenomenal part. I did not do that on purpose. And yeah, um, you get like kind of the angle at the end with Edge and Damian Priest together. Um, honestly, like it, as in terms of a wrestling match, I would say this was the best match on the show for most people. Yeah. So yeah, I would say so too. But yeah, not not at the level of what you wanted for night one, and that's that's kind of going to be like you're maybe comparing this to you know your top match of night one because that's the position this this was in. Well, so to me again, so much of I think what carries a match maybe that's really well worked to the next level is just audience interaction. And I think you got the sense that the audience really expected or respected, I should say, both of these talents as just like great wrestlers. Um, but I don't think again, um, the build to, for it was that strong that you wanted to see either, either person win that badly. Of course, the Cody Seth match had, you know, Cody Rhodes making his debut. You had so much surprise and shock. Well, just like novelty attached to it that you didn't really quite have here. And the finish was just very typical kind of like WWE distraction type of thing. So those kind of knockoff points for it. But the, the body of the match was, yeah, very well worked. Yeah, I, I can see, you know, when you're talking about a big WrestleMania match, it's 25 minutes and it's kind of your, your distraction leading to the finish. I can see some people groaning at that, but overall, like, I, I don't want to like downgrade this. I, I enjoyed the match. It was like a very, very good match. Um, and mm. w- one of the better ones of, you know, of, of the two nights, just it's not at the top for sure. Uh, and then Edge and Priest, they just smile and they put their arms in the air together and, Graves calls them an unholy union. So uh, I'm sure we will get more of this tomorrow night. They're going to go to the back and, you know, share some of their um, metal, uh, you know, Spotify playlists, I bet. You know, this another very dark faction. You know, these sort of like culty dark leaders are, are pretty abundant in wrestling. So I, I, I want to see if they can, you know, find a, a twist on it at least. Yeah. Uh, maybe they can create uh, some trios titles for for these this group. Uh, wh- why? For Edge, Damian, and Priest. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah, sure. WrestleMania Backlash Way's favorite pay per view of the year is happening on Sunday, May the eighth. A rare Sunday WWE pay per view. Hmm. And then they announced the attendance. Oh, this was great. So. They put up the graphic of 78,453 and Mike Rome announces 77,453. Ooh. Yeah. 
Oops. WrestleTix announced 65,653 for those uh, looking for tickets that were out for this. Sheamus and Ridge Holland against Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. They got they got their WrestleMania match, and, and what a match it, it was. Michael Cole calls this with Byron Saxton because Pat's getting ready for his match. New Day come out in Biggie-inspired gear uh, from when he won the championship last year. And they start fighting before the bell. And, <laughs> okay, so we always joke about who gets hit with the, the Pitbull moniker. Butch's gimmick is that he literally is a Pitbull. And Sheamus is the owner literally pulling him by the collar to not attack the strangers. He's he's a he's got a dog's brain and a human's body. This yeah. is just <laughs> God damn, dude. No, they've reduced Pete Dunne to like a caricature of like what I don't know, like some like somebody who 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 can't think like in the body of a match and only knows to attack. Um, yeah, it's 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 silly and ridiculous for anybody who knows him in a previous incarnation. Yeah, they, they also in the video package had to air. The Biggie clip again. Oh, they did, and, eh? Man, there were the a lot of people they, in the pre-show. They did not. I believe uh, tonight on the pre-show on the kickoff. Yeah, I right. at least like you know seeing. Well, like, it definitely aired here, and I saw it, and there were a lot of people angry because I think a lot more people saw it than than had on uh, what was it yesterday or on SmackDown. Mm. Anyway, I yesterday. just yeah, we we talked about this yesterday. Not a fan of them playing this clip over and over. So. Holland uh, is hit with the trouble in paradise when the bell finally rings, but Seamus uh, yanks him out and saves him. He's holding back Butch. Seamus was literally just a handler during this match. Um, Woods uh, fires up, takes the straps down, low-end flatliner to Holland, and then Kofi comes off the steps into a brogue kick on the floor. Butch distracts Woods, who turns around into a brogue kick, and he's hit with northern grit. So Ridge Holland pins Woods a minute 44. That they got. So, wow, man, they, it, eh? they just wow. cram this thing into the show. And th- there you go. Like, that's why I, I don't think you could get upset about last night that they dropped no. this. This was nothing. And if anything, it was like they're, they're dedicating this to Big E. They've got his gear and then they get beat in two minutes. So I guess they're going to continue this program. But it was um like th- th- there was nothing to speak about here other than just watching Butch, which was fascinating. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to kind of consider this to be the worst match on on either show, like I wouldn't argue with you. You like somebody, some people might prefer the Omos Lashley match to this one. It certainly had more value than this, which this, I you know, we I think we we know like the original intent was for this to be the New Day reunion, and as soon as Biggie, you know, was unfortunately um not a part of the show, this this match certainly lost um a lot of its value. You know, it was, of course, nice to see the New Day come out with their Biggie-inspired outfits. Um, and it's really just seemed to be the entire point of the segment because the match itself was really nothing. In fact, like seeing them in the match, it felt a bit awkward. Like what was there's a moment where like Kofi was about to like get on the top rope, Butch distracted him, and then he'd like dove for nothing. Um, I don't know. It just looked unfortunately like a little bit uncharacteristically not very smooth for, you know, um, a new day match, which is, and a Seamus match, which is usually excellent. So, I mean, in two minutes, how much can you really do? But yeah, it was like, like, this wasn't even a television match. They would have had more time on television for, for this than, than what they got, like a minute 44. Like there was just, there was just nothing, nothing to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did, they just went over the Hall of Fame inductees and then Undertaker had another uh, entrance in front of the crowd. And then as he's walking to the back, he looks back and says, thank you. And I guess we will see if, um, uh, when, they have another Undertaker appearance because there's really no kind of reason for it. Um, 
Like he's not someone that you expect to just come back as some kind of authority figure or a manager or I mean, unless he just pops up and delivers a choke slam sometime. Like there's like this really does kind of close the book on the Undertaker character. For this know. guy, are you kidding me, John? Come wow. on. He he will he'll be back like next month. Are you kidding? He's never gonna like he's not I don't I don't know if he'll ever wrestle again, but like to do the entrance and to the walk to feel the vibe of this crowd, I mean this I I can't imagine this was the last. He he's definitely one that I think you you pause on, you know having a last match because he is one that i mean if asked he'll do it in a heartbeat yeah that this mm-hmm. one is it, it this one it reminds me very much of rick flair when they did his retirement in wwe and he was ready to come back it was only it was the company that wanted to honor the retirement so mm-hmm. um i mean he he probably sh- he should not be, be wrestling but it's also one where hey when you're in a pinch you've got a saudi arabia show or something undertaker is always a card you can play and you know that he'll be there if you want him Jefferson White of Yellowstone is there. Was he there the night before? I thought, uh, I, I I thought you mentioned this yesterday. Okay. No, but I did not. No. Austin Theory against Pat McAfee. It starts with Vince McMahon coming out and Michael Cole. I mean, what, what a, what a journalist here. What a professional. He announces at the beginning of the match, he is going to be biased for this match. And he's calling this with, uh, with Byron and Vince McMahon introduces Austin Theory as a future universal unified champion. I think that's, the naming convention of this title. Wait, that's uh, what they're calling it? The universal, the unified universal title, I think is what they're calling it. They're keeping universal instead of the other one? That's instead that's of- what Vince McMahon called this. So, wh- wow. I mean, we'll see the next time Roman Reigns is on TV or probably on Raw tomorrow night, they'll at least make reference to what the name is. So, hmm. um, Austin comes out and there's like all these graphics of selfies that they have for his entrance coming down the ramp. And Theory takes a selfie with Vince, who sits ringside for the match. And Pat McAfee is out to Seven Nation Army with all of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. And he comes out. Dude, this place, it was so... They were so into Pat McAfee. Like, he was among Mm. the biggest stars on this show, which is saying something when you consider the star power. Him and Wee Man. Biggest stars on the show. Yeah. There you go. It's the the next generation all over again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So he comes out to Seven Nation Army, like for all of the, all the telecasts, you know, um, in dark, but, um, it's a great entrance theme. I know it is the, one of the most overheard, over chanted songs in the world, but as a wrestling entrance, I mean, very chantable. Like it's, it gets the the crowd going. This humming was a lot better than the Seth Rollins entrance last night. A bit better. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he kicks a ball to the crowd because he used to play football where he punted. Like a one that sounds like an all time great punter. So yeah. it's his signature move. It was a good kick. He like, he sent this like way out there. Mm-hmm. Did this better be. Yeah. Uh, the crowd is all chanting, uh, for Pat and the match begins and he's delivering punches. Theory strikes him in the throat and then we get a spinning elbow by Pat and he leaps up for a hurricane Rana. That doesn't fully get it, but nonetheless, Austin rolls through with it. And oh, his vertical leap is very impressive. Oh, dude, he had some like athletically. He, he looked ter- terrific in, in this match. Uh, Theory takes over and Vince is nodding in approval and then Pat comes back and they're fighting on the floor. He, joins commentary and dumps water on McAfee for doing it to him on TV and bashes Austin's head into the desk. Pat then misses with a swanton off the top and theory takes over and he goes to the top, but gets cut off. Pat is shoved down. Um, he backflips off the top and then does a vertical leap to the top turnbuckle. Yeah. 
Yeah, this like, was a, a, like a big box jump, you know? And yeah. then hit a beautiful-looking superplex for a near fall. Michael Cole is calling... This is the main event of WrestleMania for Michael Cole. He's he was just, calling this harder than any WrestleMania main event he's ever He called. was yeah. He was doing Pat McAfee's deal. He was standing during this match and just yeah. screaming. Uh, Pat misses with a punt. He gets struck with the forearm. Austin goes to the ATL, but Pat counters with a, a backslide roll-up in 9 minutes and 37 seconds to win. Uh, it was very interesting to see people's reaction to this because I, I could see people on my timeline who had clearly not seen Pat McAfee wrestle before that were just blown away. Um, mm-hmm. but man, they, they have something great in Pat McAfee. Um, I, I think you, you can certainly like it's, it's a great thing that you can do like two times a year or just when, when you have that heel that's ready and have Pat McAfee, um, r- wrestle, uh, for, you know, an occasional match, uh, every couple of years because he looked, he looked tremendous. I thought he looked great. Austin Theory did his part. And this, like, the crowd was super into this. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I think, you know, this WrestleMania kind of really told the tale of, like, um, like, it, it gave us answers as to, like, whether or not using all of these celebrities was a good idea. And I think if you took tonight as an example, I think the answer is absolutely yes, because it worked, you know, you contra- contrast this to like, you know, some of the other full time wrestlers that they have a lot of time to spend telling stories on. And people have like a built in care for celebrity, um, for better or worse. And somebody like Pat McAfee, who is very likable, and you know, Pat McAfee is a bit of a different case because you hear him every single week on these shows. It's the appeal of just you know a guy who's an announcer as well as you know a mainstream broadcaster as well as a former NFL football player, and um, the surprise of him actually being able to do wrestling moves hit a lot of people in a very positive way. It was probably a way better match than the majority of people were expecting, and it not it, not for it, me was it for you. No, I mean, I, I met the majority of people who have never right, seen him. Right. Yeah. No, it was certainly it was the level that I was expecting. Yeah, I was almost expecting a, a Canadian destroyer here, and we we didn't really get that. But that's okay. Like it was a very good performance, and man, just like the amplification of a crowd that cares about the babyface in WrestleMania definitely took this to a very very high level. Yeah, it's it, it's sometimes hard to judge in this era because you know in the past when they would do a big celebrity, you know it would be you know our metric would be like could to sell pay-per-views and like the big one being when, when they brought in Donald Trump in 2007 and other celebrities where you look at what kind of business they would add, like none of the celebrities I would say for either night were kind of in positions to carry the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and therefore you go into kind of other things like what was the value of having Pat McAfee promoting WrestleMania on his show for the last month and having his fan base directed towards a match for four weeks? What was the value of having Johnny Knoxville attached your programming really since uh, before the Royal Rumble um, mm-hmm. and having that for three months and just trying to have, um, you know, it, it just, it gets into different qualifiers of what's successful, what's not. Uh, but a, a huge part of that is the performance itself that you're looking at. And I would say in both cases, the match is delivered on this show. Yeah. it's the and, and I'd say the same with Logan Paul for the night before. I, I would say uh, completely. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, beyond like obviously having some of that mainstream crossover appeal, like when you use a celebrity, you have, if the performance is good, you know, somebody that the audience seemingly already knows and it's, they want to see them sink or swim. And, you know, in most cases here, we, we saw them swim. So Vince is very upset. He is with Austin Theory and Pat's in the ring and he starts gesturing towards Vince McMahon. 
and Vince McMahon is eyeing him, and he starts taking his jacket off, and the crowd is getting excited here. He takes off his dress shirt, and there is the Vince McMahon G-Unit special. He's got the, the black tank top, and he gets into the ring. The crowd is just going nuts here, and a referee enters, and they're teasing a match here when Austin Theory attacks Vince, uh, attacks Pat McAfee from behind, and then the bell rings. So we get Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon, after all. And Vince McMahon is just attacking Pat. I just want to say, like... You, you know, you, you, you had reported this way back and they could have simply announced it from that point on. Hey, like after the interview, we're doing Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee. They chose to hold back on it much in the same way that they chose to hold back, you know, Owens versus Austin and probably the entire time thinking that they were going to do it anyway. So again, it does have the similar effect of like, Hey, you're under delivering and you're sorry, you're under promising and you're over delivering. Um, but. I think it also shows some restraint because they could have very just, you know, very, like they could have they would have sold more tickets if it was Vince versus Pat McAfee that was advertised on their marquee. Uh, and they chose. There's no do that. doubt that like, promoting that would have had like that that kind of shock factor attached to it of what is this going to be if Vince McMahon was attached to it. And um and and also like there was like that period as well after after that interview like there was no Vince on TV there was no interaction of that and then they started to weave him back in with with the locker room shots and stuff like that so I I'm sure like we'll hear a bit more about kind of wh- where the this weaved from but like the original idea was Pat McAfee and Vince McMahon but Austin Theory would be heavily involved um because as we saw here you can't do a match with Pat McAfee and Vince McMahon so no. this was Pat who just had to. Sell and sell and sell. And Theory then gets involved a second time where he pulls Pat and wraps his, his legs around the post, uh, low blowing him. And Pat McAfee is just like, this is crippling to McAfee. I mean, uh, I mean, it makes sense because he had just wrestled such a big match, right? I, it does not make sense. Okay. Like, but I could at least believe in it a little bit more. Oh, uh, so Vince <laughs> gets a Cowboys football. And he pretends he's going to punt it into the crowd, but he doesn't. Instead, he kicks it into Pat's midsection and pins Pat McAfee in three minutes and 46 seconds. Vince McMahon gets his first victory at WrestleMania. He is now one in four. <laughs> one in four. Is that right? Wow. Uh, well, there you go. This, this was, if you want to... They rang a bell. So if you are going to say Steve Austin, exactly, that's it. It's on his cage match. That punk brawl he had in 2012 never made it. It wasn't a match. So if you're going to qualify that Steve Austin had a match on Saturday, you have to acknowledge this was a match on Sunday. And this was awful. (laughs) Oh, it was fucking God awful. Yeah, of course. But it was Vince McMahon wrestling in 2022. And so many of the same feelings I had the night prior seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin standing across from an opponent with the referee in between them and the bell ringing, I had for this moment. Because I was not going into tonight expecting Vince McMahon to face Pat McAfee in a a match. They gave us the moment. And I was not expecting anything of it. But it was the moment that I was happy I got to witness. So, I, I mean, I... I had a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was something. It was certainly something. And all of this McMahon. really was just to set up the exactly. next thing. This was all for what was to come. Austin Theory is celebrating and posing with Vince. They hug. The, 
favorite part. For, there were a lot of favorites in this. Austin Theory's music plays and go back and watch. Vince is all shook because he's expecting a different theme to play, and they play Austin Theories, and Vince is all, oh, oh, oh. A, a different Austin's oh, theme. Oh, it was, yeah. yes, he heard the wrong Austin's theme, and then the glass breaks, and out comes Steve Austin. It was, uh, I heard from people there, this this was the loudest reaction of the entire night. It was mm-hmm. Steve Austin coming out. He stuns Theory, who took one of the best stunners, and then he stands in front of Vince, Vince is begging off. Austin passes him a beer and they go to have a beer together. Vince is sipping from the beer. He cheers him. And then Austin proceeds to try and stun Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon historically has taken some God awful stunners. Nothing Mm. will ever approach how awful this one was. This man literally was physically stunned. Um, just at the, just at the, the boot from, from Steve Austin and Austin, dude, he was like, I am going to give this guy a stunner. And he's like trying to get his head back in position. He finally does it. He's just laughing at just, uh, you know, not since Donald Trump have we seen a worse WrestleMania stunner. Um, but th- this, this might have taken the cake of the worst stunner of all time. And maybe that's what will make this such a memorable segment. It actually was better that he took this stunner than a great one. You're right. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I, I'm not grading, you know, like how, how, how excellent of a stunner Vince took. Like to me, it was just like the moment of seeing them try this at their advanced ages and having it go horribly wrong and visibly seeing a Stone Cold Steve Austin laughing it off as of saying, the last stunner I give at WrestleMania to you and the last stunner that Vince McMahon will ever take is by far the worst one he's probably given to anybody. It was a memory and it was a moment and I was grateful that it happened because again, it added to the fun and ridiculousness of it all. And they never rang a bell for Austin and McMahon. So that was not a Well, you got to build up to that, John. We got a whole year to go. Pat McAfee returns and he drinks a beer with Austin. I thought this was like a cool, cool moment here with, with McAfee and Austin. And then Austin stuns McAfee and we get this awesome shot of Pat dead on the floor drinking the beer and... That's how it ends with Austin just having this is like a lengthy, lengthy presentation. So I want to ask you, Way, from the high of Pat's performance against Austin Theory to like the low of Vince and Pat McAfee with Vince pinning Pat McAfee to the worst stunner in history to uh, uh, Pat McAfee drinking beer with Steve Austin. Uh, when you're assessing this, was this a net positive overall presentation? Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. You know, so much of, again, so much of what goes into my feelings of what makes a WrestleMania special is the element of surprise. And for a lot of people, the element of surprise was to see Pat McAfee do so well in a match against Austin Theory. So you already have great points there. But seeing, for, again, the nostalgic fan in, and, 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 you know, based off of all, off the, all, all the rumors to finally have confirmation <laughs> and to see Vince McMahon take his shirt off and enter the ring for an actual match. That was another element of nostalgia and surprise that very much elevated the segment to the next level. It was the most. And then to see Steve Austin reunited with Vince McMahon in the ring. And yes, it was one of the worst stunners of all time. But again, I don't really care. It's simply the fact that we got to see Vince McMahon take a stunner from Steve Austin and we can laugh about how horrible it was afterwards but we got to see it overall um 
it made this to me like one, the most memorable thing by far and the most surprising thing positively and the most entertaining thing of night two. The crowd loved this. Like this, this was like, they, they were t- super into this and it wasn't just Austin. Like they were totally into the Pat McAfee throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think honestly, like it was, you know, you know, for Pat McAfee, it was uh, probably a, uh, you know, this, this was his Kevin Owens moment tonight. Oh, hundred percent. Yes. Was being part of this. So this, this was just a wild segment. It was just, uh, th- this, w- this had the most like spring break factor to me was like watching some of this because it was just, you're watching this and here's a 76 year old Vince McMahon being Vince McMahon on WrestleMania. Ridiculous. Is this the last time we've seen Vince in, in a ring? I mean, God taking, taking physical abuse. You would think so. I mean, this, this was what, when you throw out, like this was, he has not had an actual wrestling match since. The Brett match mm. until this, yeah. It was like, like you would, years. you would think, you would think that this would be it. But I mean, you you can never guarantee. I guess. For sure. I mean, even to like get. I um, mean, he, he really cannot do anything. Like no, he cannot he, do anything physical. So I mean, match. Y- you can barely call this a match. No. Even to get cleared for this, I wonder like what what kind of hurdles he had to you know. I mean, through. thankfully, like he didn't take anything. You know what yeah. I mean? It was not that many years ago he took that headbutt from Kevin Owens. Remember, well, it, was skull not that many, skull? it was not that many years ago that he dove off the balcony. And that was two years ago. Center. You're right. Yeah. He did the, the dive off the balcony. So, I mean, yeah, by by that measure, like this was a pretty, pretty conservative, uh, offensive outlet. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, the main event title versus title Metallica forklifts. We've got it all. Uh, just a regular very regular entrance for, for both men coming out mm-hmm. here. I was expecting like this was going to be, this, it seemed like this year, like they really went all out on some of these entrances, but this was a very just by the numbers appearance with Reigns coming out with the bloodline and then Reigns coming out in his fighter shorts and belt. And that was it. I, I was honestly expecting a bit more for the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. Yeah. I thought like maybe, you know, Roman Reigns like coming down from a, from, from heaven as from God mode, like he comes down from the heavens and then you have Brock like in on a ride horse. horse. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that, you know, if, if it hadn't screwed up that year with Hunter, maybe horses would have been, you know, an option, but probably dangerous to be uh, trying that. So Heyman introduces Roman and then Brock introduces himself and we've got Cole and Graves on commentary. Pat McAfee, he's done for the night and Lesnar takes off his, his, uh, his gloves so we're getting bare knuckle Brock in this main event of WrestleMania. And he controls Reigns early. He hits a pair of belly to bellies. And then Heyman is luring Lesnar on the floor and it leads to a spear through the barricade. And Lesnar's got a struggle to get back into the ring. Reigns hits him with a spear and then hits him with a Superman punch. Lesnar is wobbled on the mat, struggles to get up and then hit with another one. And he gets up and he's smiling. He avoids the third one and he hits a series of German suplexes. The F5 gets stopped. He takes another Superman punch, but the spear gets caught and he hits an F5 and Reigns kicks out. So it is our video game spam finisher, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns sprint uh, from, from this point forward. And Reigns then comes back uh, with a spear to Lesnar, but this takes out Chad Patton, the referee. And Reigns hits a low blow and gets the belt from Heyman. So we get a belt shot to Lesnar, although no blood in this match for all that they made about yeah. like the bleeding and the lead up to this mm-hmm. and Lesnar coming for blood. They had none here. So I, w- I was surprised by that. I was especially with the belt shot. I thought, OK, this is where we're going to introduce blood and Re- Lesnar's going to try and 
make Reigns bleed as well. Completely. Yeah. I, I think that that's absolutely what helped things. And, and the fact that they teased it for th- throughout the entirety of the, of the story. Um, you're right. Like it's surprising that they didn't go there. Maybe they, uh, maybe they, they found out that, uh, we get only one image of blood all night and AJ's got it. He used it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> then, well, then we're going to do a spot where Reigns' shoulder is dislocated. Well, AJ's also doing that. Um, so guys, uh, like, no, we're, we're doing the shoulder spot. So there's a spear from behind, uh, by Reigns as they note, Hey, maybe he was taking notes from Lashley with Omos earlier and Reigns hits the regular spear. But after hitting it, Lesnar applies a deep Kimura, and he's just wrenching on this arm. And Reigns has to stretch and reach the rope. And you have Paul Heyman, who is just pleading and telling him that this is all for your family. I believe in you. I love you. And Reigns is saying his shoulder is out. And it ends up where uh Lesnar comes at him, goes for an F5. It's countered, and Reigns just hits a spear and pins him in 12 minutes and 18 seconds. So, um, yeah, he was like saying like the, the shoulder was out, but, um, I took didn't that. really play into the finish. It didn't play at all. Like they went right to the finish. So I assume this was just uh part of it, but you also have Brock here. That's uh got your arm and might not have been, um, as careful, but nonetheless, uh, the match ends 12 minutes, 18 seconds. I will say of this was the third WrestleMania match. The first one was, a classic, I thought, even before you did the Rollins cash-in. The second one in New Orleans was a unmitigated disaster. And this was kind of somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, like, my... F- fun for a while it lasted, but I, I also didn't feel it was, you know, this, um, th- 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 this great epic either. It, well, it certainly didn't steal the weekend and it didn't even really steal the night, perhaps. I, I don't, I don't think this was match of the night. I would, I would put Edge and AJ ahead of this. Yeah, and for a match that they were building up as, again, the biggest WrestleMania match of all time, it's on all the posters, it is headlining a two-night WrestleMania, this really is the official main event, I think you could maybe look at it with a bit of disappointment, because um it offered, again, so much of, I think, what made this WrestleMania so successful was the element of surprise, and this match offered none of it. It it was a pretty typical Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match, you know, go in there, hit your finishers, hit them a lot, um, and that that works. Um, it certainly helps because you have two very over characters. But I think when you're hit talking about you know the culmination of such a long built storyline, you're expecting some more twists and turns, whether in the form of you know something with Paul Heyman, some something, just something. But instead, the result was very typical and a finish that I mean didn't feel that climactic actually. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, that is like when you do this incredible promotion for a match, um, the expectation is high and that's, that's not on the fan base. That is on you. You have built this in such a way and they came in, you know, it was a 12 minute match and I think it was kind of your standard fare of what you would expect out of a Reigns and Lesnar match. You did get a clean finish. Um, he lifts up both belts, although he's struggling with the shoulder to lift the, the, the other belt as well. And Reigns, like it's just everything is Reigns dominating, uh, coming out of this. I will say that, you know, going into this weekend, it was, you know, the idea of keeping it on Reigns. I, like we both assumed Reigns would win this match and it's having those contenders ready. And I would say with Lashley winning, uh, with Edge winning, with Drew McIntyre winning, with Cody Rhodes coming in, you do have some options of like mm-hmm. different. Uh, I don't see them going with like, like with Edge, but with, uh, McIntyre, Lashley, 
Cody, I would wait. I would not go to that one immediately. But I think that's very much what we're going to hear on Monday. Cody's doing a promo, and that seems to be – that will be the journey of this character is going for the world championship his father never won. And mm-hmm. that should be a really big story uh, when, when you get to it. Um, but also very curious about, like, Brock after this. Like, where, yeah. where he goes. Like, this, fe- this did feel like the end of it. I don't think this is one where you rematch it in a month maybe not yeah yeah uh but i mean maybe we don't even get roman you know defending the championship if if they're trying to sell some sort of you know shoulder injury coming you know what maybe maybe he disappears for like a pay-per-view cycle or two after Mm -hmm. this like your champion is injured and he will come back and then that becomes tough you don't have a world champion but you 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 have rondo charlotte which i think will probably get a rematch you know, mm-hmm. that might headline. Maybe you'll do Bianca and Becky again or Bianca versus somebody else. But um I don't see really any, any other reason to do a shoulder injury at the very end of a match other than yeah. to maybe, you know, write them off for a little bit. So. You're probably right. Like, you don't have to rush into a program immediately for Reigns. I think for Lesnar, he is advertised for, for Backlash. I think mm-hmm. a cool idea because, like, these characters, like, they've they've been like they've never been in alignment to have a program together and i think it'd be a great um follow-up from wrestlemania is tomorrow night in dallas kevin owens comes out and you think that he is going to be remorseful for what he said to texas but instead it's i hate this place all of you your stupid cowboy hats and out walks brock with the cowboy hat and he is there and he kills this guy at the end of TV. The crowd cheers. Brock is happy. He's moved on from Reigns. And I think an Owens-Lesnar program at this state with Lesnar as a babyface and Owens as a heel, I think that's like – it's it feels like a fresh program for Brock. I, I mean that sounds like a fun segment and a fun promo, but in no way do I think Kevin Owens is strong enough to be able to handle a program with Brock Lesnar. Especially you don't if, think so? Well, I mean as just the perceived level of contender that he is. You know, like Kevin Owens just lost to Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he he himself is in need of rehabbing before being be, able to be built up to you know that main event status. I'm just saying it's it to me. I I don't think that they would think of it as attractive enough. Well, this also be wouldn't be a main event. It, this wouldn't necessarily even be like your main event at Backlash if so, you don't. So essentially, you're you're just trying to sell people into a squash match, aren't you? No, I think you can have a competitive match with with, with these two. But then you're going to have to book Kevin Owens like he's a credible threat. You know, well, I think coming program. out of this, I think I think Owens is going to be a pretty significant heel on the on the raw side, I like a very so. significant heel. Yeah, I hope and, so. And, th- and this really like elevates his status by working with Brock. Brock's on this show. So if Reigns is not there, like who else with, with Brock? Like yeah, you, you could go back. It's that or you go back to Lashley because that's kind of unresolved too. Well, this is why. Yeah, because th- this is the tough task with Brock Lesnar as a baby face, you know, to have an opposition against Brock Lesnar that is believable and credible. You don't have many options like you have Roman. Reigns and, La- is, and Lashley's a baby face now. So, it, it, well, yeah, you have Roman, who's the strongest book guy on, on the show and Bob. Bobby Lashley, who I think has been booked tremendously well. Um, but who else, you know, can like can they can they convince you know, the audience that actually, you know, that 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 can have a 20 minute or 10 minute even match with Brock Lesnar? Because, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'd love to know the follow up for any of these people that are especially the ones that are involved in these sort of like semi celebrity angles like a Kevin Owens or a Sami Zayn. Yeah, it, it will be uh, very interesting to see many of these uh characters that are you know that were attached to either celebrities or or not 
full timers that are coming out of WrestleMania and where they're they're slotted in, into everything. I think like there's a bit more interest than most manias, uh, mainly around Cody because of him coming in and what that direction is going to be. So there you go. That was uh night 2 of WrestleMania. I I I thought it was it was definitely a far cry from the first night. Um if you get into the big spectacle of a WrestleMania, I'm, I'm sure like you, you enjoyed this show. Uh, I'm not going thumbs up on this show. I'm going thumbs in the middle on it. Um, Edge and AJ, I thought was the match of the show, but it, it still to me did not hit the, uh, the high level that I was expecting for it. And that it was kind of promoted as like, this is going to be your big, excellent, excellent, uh, wrestling match. And I don't think it quite hit that, that height, but it was, it was still my match of the show. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. Match, like, thumbs in the middle for me. I mean, if this was the only WrestleMania that we had this year, I think it would have been a disappointment. So um, if it was a combination of, like, the two, um, I think I would still go thumbs in the middle because I would say that there was a lot of um, uh, stuff that wasn't that great here. You know, Well, that also would have been, like, eight hours. Well, that would have, I mean, the show wouldn't have been this long, I would hope, you know, with, uh, if it was. <laughs> I don't know, way. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, sure. But, um, if you're gonna, gonna only pick one night, then I would definitely say watch night one. But out of tonight, I thought the Austin and, uh, Vince interactions, as ugly as it was, was very entertaining. Pat McAfee was very entertaining. The Jackass match, I think a lot of people were entertained by. And, um, you would have at least been satisfied with the wrestling if you watched Edge versus AJ. All right. Well, we will now open it up uh, for Double Double, Ice Cap, and Espresso, members of the Post Wrestling Cafe, as well as your Super Chats. Yeah, let's go to some Super Chats, first of all. And thank you, everybody, for your support uh, of the Post Wrestling Network for all of our show coverage. If you watch us on YouTube, you can send a Super Chat at any time during one of our live streams. And we go to Dickie Bird, staying up this late, or at least actually not staying up. This is like the afternoon for him. In Australia, he sends 15 Australian dollars. Thank you very much, Dickie Bird, to say the post coverage all weekend was unbelievable. Shout out to Bushby, Benno, and Davey in Leeds, Raiden in Toronto, and Thompson interviews in Dallas. Things feel almost back to normal. That is correct. Yeah, our friends at the British Wrestling Experience and Davey Portman had their live podcast, and I believe Damien Abraham was their special guest in Leeds. Look at that. They flew him over. They got quite the budget from what I yeah, hear. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, I, I think a great turnout from what I was able to see for Braden Harrington is at Sneaky D's, man. The guy happened to book Sneaky D's. The leg- I, I've seen so many concerts there and now people can say that. Could you imagine it. being in a bar watching the, that Sami Zayn Johnny Knoxville match? I would love to experience that, actually. That would have been a lot of fun. All right. So, and Thank- Andrew Thompson interviews everybody subscribe to him on youtube a ton of interviews from dallas coming on that channel so thank you very much sticky beard we go up next to jake who sends 225 thank you for the support as always jake he says major major shout out to john Cena and john pine our uh recappers on the website along with bruce lord so much hard work from those two over the entire weekend so thank you and bruce lord of course uh from the three of them so and Karen Peterson with the start stardom report tonight. Yeah, the Cinderella tournament started off today. So Karen's got a report going through all of the uh, the 15 opening round matches uh, that took place uh, today. So, yeah, it was a it was very, very busy. And uh, they were all a uh, huge, huge help on the site this weekend. We go to a guy named JJ who sends five dollars just to say thank you both for all the time you put into every week, but especially this week. Well, thank you, JJ. Thank you. Uh, we got to Andy who sends a five four four fifty pound. Uh, Super Chat, who says, do you know if Brock worked the main event with an injury? If not, it was a weird match. He basically took no offense. 
Uh, he took he took some offense. I mean, he was speared through a barricade, um, but no no injury that I'm aware of. No. That's a pretty typical Brock Lesnar match. Yeah, that's it? it's it, this is longer than a typical Brock Lesnar match at this point. You know, when you're like 12 minutes, it's like that's that's kind of the top out for for Brock these days. Yeah, no news of injury um, that we know of yet, but we are recording this right after the show, so uh, stay tuned to uh, for follow-up, of course. And then we got a John Bender with a $10 Super Chat. Thank you, John. He says, thanks for the show's last two nights. He's a brand new fan. Who do you want in an eight-man tournament for the title that Roman gives up? Okay, so he's suggesting due to injury, Roman might relinquish mm, the Unified that- Belt. I I don't think you can separate this this title that that quick. I think that would be that would come off to me really poorly. And why would he only have to vacate one title? Oh, he he would vacate both of them. Oh, okay. So maybe he's not even saying due to injury. You're right because he's saying like, oh, inevitably the, the brands will probably split again. Or oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. He's saying just at some point he has to give up one. I um, yeah. I mean. I don't know. I don't think there's going to be any clean way to separate these titles. I think the only question is how long you run with this. Like, do you, do you feel they have to go several months of this unified title? I think it would be really bad if they are splitting these belts up within a month. I agree. Yeah. You make such a big deal out of title unification. You better keep them at least, at least for a month. I hope if not all the way up until SummerSlam, you know, where they can do, uh, I don't know, some sort of match to break them up again. But you, you, you now pose the challenge of like one show possibly not having a title program to build. This is something that that's always kind of plagued, you know, the anytime they've, they've done something like this. So um, if only, if only they knew they were doing this and they had other men's singles titles on each show and you could have that as, as, as an option. Seriously though, it's also a great chance for them to really make like the women's champion, like front and center on one of these brands as like your top champion. Um, you're right. Yeah. Like, you know, you're right. Like if it was, uh, Charlotte chasing Ronda, um, well, that's SmackDown in, uh, Brock. Well, we, and we don't know where, where Bianca goes, uh, after this, if like you squeeze another match out with Becky on, on the raw side. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see how they play with it. But, um, uh, if you're a secondary champion in the company, you know, sorry, we go to, uh, the nation of Peacock who sends $2.00. Thank you very much for that. He says, strong debut for the hand of Mark Henry. <laughs> well, the, the hand's in its 20s now, so. You're right. Got a bit bigger. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> and then we go to Brent Nickel, who sends a $7 super chat. Thank you, Brent. He says, great coverage, guys. I think the commentary teams deserve some praise for both nights. We give them a hard time, but they're great. I think he says, IMO. You're absolutely right, Brent Nickel. Like, I thought uh, Michael Cole worked his ass off. I thought Corey Graves had a hell of a call for that Cody Rhodes Seth Rollins match last night. Um, any any standouts to you, John? Um, I think it was Jimmy Smith that brought up the uh, the rumble shoulder injury to to AJ Styles. So it was yeah, the the commentary w- w- was fine on the show. I think mm-hmm. that it's it's more so um, like of the current commentary teams. I don't think it's like people have any kind of aversion to any of the individual personalities like we have in in past years where there was someone that stuck out. I think it's overall just a a WWE produced style that I think is is tough for for people because um, that's that's the that's the role that they have, and it, it comes off as such at different times. But yeah, the the commentary was fine on both nights. I thought, and, and, and got, really good, and really good in certain certain respects. And then we go to Just the King, who sends two dollars to say Dan has a new WWE champion at Backlash. Make it happen. Don't think you're going to get that. Um, Probably you, not. 
You can wish. Yeah, you put it out there right now. So thank you for that. And now we go to Double Double Plus Patrons Calls in the post-wrestling room. So thank you guys all for being here. And I'm going to go to you starting with Matthew in Auckland. You've been waiting very patiently. What did you think of WrestleMania? Hi, fellas. Uh, thank you so much. As, as always, this uh, so cool. Um, I just had a few uh, thoughts that I would I just sort of jotted down. So uh, no cinematic matches at all. That's mm. gone forever. It feels like that's okay. um, with the live audience. Like I, I, I can't. Like there are enough video packages on these shows that I don't think they'll do them again. Yeah, just thought it was interesting. Um, so Cody jumping, uh, biggest deal of the weekend. Um, it really sort of legitimizes AEW in my in my mind. Um, stealing their top star and presenting them as they would have uh, for the way that Flair came over or maybe even Big Show, if you think of the other people who have come over from uh, big, uh, uh, from other places, like Taz from ECW, AJ from TNA, Alberto Del Rio, uh, CML, uh, or even uh, Luger uh, in 93, nobody has had this type of introduction. Uh, yeah. I think that's really telling, and uh, that they're really going to sort of do something pretty special with him. Um, so, so, you know... Um- so, you know, like since, since the, the show from last night, Cody did a, an hour long press conference. He's done several interviews as well. And John, did you get to check out any of that and gain any new insight into the Cody Rhodes deal? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a multi-year deal. He's coming in. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big deal. And I think that, you know, you, you got like we talked about last night, like they, I, I thought it was like a home run in terms of how you introduced him. And I, you know, honestly, it's, Everyone knows, I think, what the most effective utilization of Cody is. And that's what you saw on Saturday. And I think that's going to be, you know, it, it's going to be navigating a system that, that at times it can be uh, very challenging, but he is coming in. I think he has a lot of confidence. I think he has a lot of sway in terms of like the kind of deal that he is assigned to. And I mean, you, you can only judge based on the first 24 hours, and I think he's going to be uh, the most focused upon individual in WWE over the next six months. Um, you know, like Bill Goldberg was one that, I mean, he came in, everyone knew how to book Bill Goldberg, how to present Bill Goldberg, and they changed his music, and they had him do longer matches, and they put a wig on him, and they beat him, and so it's like the easiest direction doesn't always come to fruition and i think with cody it's a much different case it's also a different era but and they also like they desperately need this one to, to i shouldn't say desperately need it would enhance their programming greatly for cody to excel but they are not they don't need anybody to be a home run they're going to be just fine whether this is a success or a failure you're right they don't but i i believe cody is special because i think it is directly I mean, it's a shot to the competition to not have him and a shot to, to the per- perception that all the talent is going one way. Well, we can do the same and we can provide just as great of an experience for our audience as they provided with CM Punk being on their show. And that's exactly what it was. It was a way to serve up, you know, for the AEW fan who has been disappointed in WWE lately that, hey, like it goes both ways and we can do this too. It, the authenticity of the pre- presentation of him in his AEW form, I think is exactly that. So, th- um, Matthew, um, thank you very much for the call. We have a lot to get to. So appreciate you sticking around. Let's go up next to John. John, welcome. Hey guys, uh, sorry, sorry to basically uh, completely 
repeat last night, but um, I will say that uh, again, I was watching your live stream uh, count and uh, you hit a thousand tonight. So uh, awesome. I, I hope I hope that that's a big monument. I think that's a, a, a huge testament to both of your your quality in in everything you guys do. So um, I, I just was very much rooting for that, and uh, I know last night I was saying that too. But uh, congrats, that's awesome. I think that's all uphill from here. We uh, we don't inflate our our numbers. Yeah. So. Well, what about all the people working around here, John? Like, we got, oh, got yeah, like yeah. at least 10, yeah. 10 people watching. I've got several right people in my house, so we, we attach that. But but then it would all come out during the uh, the post-wrestling <laughs> key performance indicators next quarter. Sorry, it should have been 78,000 people. Yeah. Sorry. My, my, uh, but but thank, thank you, John, for calling to, to say that. Uh, I, do us a favor. If you're watching us for the first time, everybody, hit subscribe. It really helps out our channel as we continue to grow. And the like button as well, if you don't mind. Uh, what's on your mind? Otherwise, yeah. So, um, li- literally, just the only thing I wanted to say about tonight was that um, I, 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 it's kind of the same thing of of last night. Like Austin, Austin's involvement with the uh, the McAfee match tonight, I, I could not believe it. I, I, it was just so much fun. Like um, I'm a jaded WWE fan, and I, I had so much fun uh, with tonight. Um, the main event I did not love, but. <laughs> I really did like the whole thing with with Pat McAfee tonight. I don't know anything about Pat McAfee as like I've never like watched his show or anything like that. But man, I'm 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 a fan now. Um, the the only thing I wanted to ask you guys about um, coming out of tonight was uh, Ariel Hawani's, um interview with Cody. I know this is a total sidebar, but um, uh, I, do, do you guys what, what's your opinion on? He didn't mention or Cody didn't mention that um, there was a handshake deal with Vince about not bringing Stardust back. Do you think that's ironclad? Do you think that that's, uh, I mean, no Vince. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. But, but I mean, what, I, I haven't seen the interview. Have you, John? Yeah, I have seen the interview. Okay. I mean, that's what, uh, you know, he just, he had a conversation. He doesn't want anything to do with Stardust, but then he kind of made fun of himself because the first spot in the match was he did the cartwheel referencing Stardust. So it's like he, he acknowledged he contradicted his own request. And l- listen, they, they'd be out of their mind to be what they're paying this guy that they are going to be putting him into a Stardust character. So I don't think that's a reasonable risk. And I can't imagine Vince likes Stardust even that much to like <laughs> get fly to this guy's house to bring him into this guy's company no, just to get him to dress up as like if anything, I think Cody would want to bring back Stardust for one night for a special occasion, you know, so he should give himself a handshake to prevent that from happening. But um, thank you so much, John, for sticking thank around. Thanks, for John. Uh, let's go up next to Rory. Rory, what's on your mind? Hey guys, uh, sorry for the, uh, terrible face. It's been uh, a hell of a week of trying to catch up with everything that's been going on. Uh, very little sleep. Uh, time difference doesn't re- always help, uh, over here in Australia. Uh, so, uh, I've been trying to catch up with GCW, uh, that they've been insane. Uh, Bloodsport was incredible. Loved it so much. A lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and, and Ring of Honor. My God, like that was, that was so much fun. So much fun. Uh, but with Mania, um, both nights were insane. Both nights were incredible. Night one, better. Night one, 
definitely better. Um, but night two, like I was like to be honest, I was expecting the rock at the end with the quick finish like that because they left all of the time at the end, and I was just like, okay, uh, here we go. Uh, the rock, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, might as well. Everything else has happened. Vince has wrestled. Uh, I with Vince, I was thinking they were going to bring out Shane McMahon as well. Uh, I thought they were going to bring him out just to tease something with Austin Theory. Uh, like when they were hugging, I thought that the that here comes the money was going to come on and Shane was going to come down and be like, "What the hell's going on here?" And and I just thought it was going to be a massive so like, "What the hell's going on?" Um, but yeah, I I I actually enjoyed Mania. I so you had had a lot of expectations for certain cameos and and you didn't get them, but despite that, you still enjoyed yourself. I, I still enjoyed it. Um, th- like with those two, that like that would have been cherry on the top, especially Rock. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that would have been like that place would have become unglued. Like that place would have like oh, that of would, course, the Rock oh, showing up at any time would, would would do that, Rory. But I mean, and, yeah, not I, that I, with I, the I, Austin I, pop. Like it was to me like. It was not teased in the least, so I, I don't think it really was. I, I, I just think it, it, like I think it would have been like, oh my god, what else are they giving us? Because they've given us so much, and like they're even giving us this at the same time. I yeah. thought they would have been like, holy moly, like that would have been incredible. Well, and, and, it, and, and just for the story as well. I just uh, well, when it comes to expectations, like I think it's it, it's fine to have them. Especially if they put the teases out there, you know, then we can really kind of judge them on whether or not they deliver. But the rest of the time, like, it's, it's okay to kind of theorize as fans uh, for who we want to see, but it's also important to not, you know, be disappointed and set ourselves up for disappointment when we don't. Oh, I, 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 was, I was not disappointed. I know I was not disappointed. Like, it's great. Wonderful. Like, it's like seeing Austin come out, like, again tonight. Like, that was great. Mm-hmm. Vince. I don't know why he, ha- he felt like he had to lean backwards, or he was lean like losing balance or anything like that from a, from the just the tiniest of kicks for, for the stunner. I don't know yeah. what that was about. Like that was like L- Linda hasn't like yeah she she's not the worst one anymore. Uh, Trump <laughs> no not the worst one anymore. It's Vince. It's Vince. Mick Foley's reaction to that was hilarious. Like he was. What was he, his reaction? Quickly. Oh, he like Dewey posted a, a video of him just absolutely losing it. He mm. lost it while watching it. He was just like, oh, he okay. he loved it. Uh, but cool. oh, it, it was it was a great two two night one and um and Good. to know to know that they're doing two nights next year, um <laughs> that, yeah that'll be fun that'll be cool. Yeah. Thank you for All the right, thoughts, Larry. Much appreciated. We go up next to Hansi. Hansi, what's up? I can never figure out my camera, man. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Sorry. It's all good. We can uh, hear you. No, um, what to call? I, I just, uh, you know, I, I gotta say that what to call maybe because so much wrestling that I've taken in, like not even just WWE stuff, like Impact, ROH, some of the blood sport, which was awesome. I just, I just, I couldn't, um, you know, I couldn't, uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. I just after after the night one, I was really I was really amped up, and I'm still excited for Raw because you know Cody Rhodes is going to be there, so I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, whatever he does, I think that whatever program he's in, it'll probably be above like you know, he, like I'm not gonna. I don't think they'll have him doing like nonstop matches with like one person every single week. You know what I mean? I think that his feuds will be spaced out or whatever they do. Hopefully, right? But I just thought night two was, was just way too much for me, and I just I was I I. Just, I, I 
if people like it, that's cool. I understand. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to change anyone's opinion, but I was just over the Austin nostalgia. Like, you had it perfect last night. I just didn't care. I, I don't care about McMahon anymore. It's not special. I'm not buying. It. I, and I like Pat McAfee. I don't want to disrespect Pat McAfee. I think he's a dope dude. But I just, I just didn't care about this feud. I didn't care about a lot of the stuff. Only thing that were entertaining to me was probably the opening match. I, 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 I enjoyed the Sami Zayn stuff very, th- you know what I mean, for what it was, you know what I mean, I was expecting the, the, all that, but I, I thought, um, uh, I thought, um, uh, just everything else was not really that great in my personal opinion, not the main event, especially, this is what, a, like, people were like, AW, like, you know, when, when they promised blood, they promised blood, I, I wasn't expecting a whole bloodbath, but I thought there was going to be something more, but, I mean, it is what it is, but before I go, I'll just ask you guys this, uh, who do you guys think, like, do you think Cody will still, Remain with Seth, or who? Who do you guys? Who do you guys uh, like? You know, want to see him with? Because to me, like, I, I hope, like, down the line, I, I, re- I really think there's gonna be a money feud between him and Orton. Like, I'm looking forward. Oh, hundred percent. Like, that's a future WrestleMania match. Hundred yeah, percent. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, good guys. Thanks for all the coverage you guys have done, man. You guys did an excellent job. I still manage to listen to your guys' stuff all the time, so I appreciate you guys for all the hard work you guys did, man. Peace out. Thanks, Nancy. Thank you, always, as always, for listening and calling. Yeah. Uh, who would you like to see, uh, John, uh, uh, Cody paired up with next? I think, I think, I think you can do one more match with Seth. I, I would like to see another match w- with Seth. Um, I, I thought that was, that, that to me was, was the best match of either night. So I, I wouldn't be complaining if they, if they go back to, and do one more with them. Or you could spin him off with somebody else. I mean, if, if he's going to be on the raw side, you have a lot, like it's all fresh opponents. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, but, but yeah, I, I think you could certainly do Seth one more time. It's a very easy, you know, promo for, for Seth to come out and, you know, just, just hearing like Cody's promos and stuff, just about the history with Rollins and Rollins attachment to his father. There's a lot that's untapped that you just, this was about Cody returning. And now you could do like a, a much d- deeper story, uh, with Seth and Cody that would also hopefully dial in this Seth character a bit mm. because like, I think like I'm not the biggest fan of the character. There's many who are, but I mean, you, you got, uh, a really clear reminder last night that th- this is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I think with a, like a grounded in reality program with Cody, I think that could be excellent. And they haven't even scratched the surface on that. Uh, agreed. Yeah. You know, like going back to, I think um the, to me, like Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens as a team never really had a proper blow off. I think there's still a lot to be done there either with them as a team or as opponents. But in the meantime, I'd like to see them as a team. And then maybe Cody compare with somebody else and you do that tag team run, eventually do Cody versus Kevin Owens, which I think would be a tremendous match. Like you said, John, like you have a whole roster of fresh opponents and I hope they uh, don't screw it up. All right, let's go to one more call. This person tried to call in last night, but was unable to. He is a familiar voice to all of us, but I've never spoken to this person. I don't even know what he looks like. Okay, so we're doing this for the first time. The voice of Rewind to Raw, everybody. Colby John joining us. Colby, what's up? When Mania ends is when I call in as I'm driving from the stadium. I got my boy waiting. As I'm playing music and just freestyling here in the van with my whole family, that's all I got. But- all right, that, that's fine. Let's. I, I want to hear the, the live experience of being there in the stadium. So tell us a bit about like the, the loudest reactions and the overall feel just being in there. Okay. Um, yesterday, can you hear me? Okay. We can yep, hear you. Cool. Yep. Okay. So uh, actually yesterday, my experience was a lot different. I listened to the show afterwards and – 
you couldn't it look it felt like the Becky and Bianca match was off. It felt like there were spots that were sloppy and messed up. And when I rewatched it, it was like a totally different experience. But for me, when I was there, the from the Bianca Becky match onward was just the energy was just dropped. It was just like a dud until until Austin came out. But I will say that the magic of WWE Wait, wait, wait. That, that that included like the Cody return. Yeah. You're saying the energy was down for that? Yeah, yeah, I would even say I would even say for that. I would say the Cody like you know, everyone was kind of expecting him, but the match, I think it felt like the Seth and Cody match went like how long was that match? It's like about 21 minutes. minutes. Yeah, like it like it felt like it went like it should have like ended at 10 or 12. Like it just felt like it went on and on and on. And the energy in there was just a lot different. Now, I was on the floor and and when I watched it back, it just sounded so much bigger during those parts that I kind of curious where they where they were micing from. Um but then when Austin Austin came out it was great. Obviously the 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 whole transition from the KO show to like, oh let's fight. A little awkward. But and and and, and the magic of WWE production was awesome because um watching him live, he did he he looked old. And it was like to the point where I was feeling very concerned when he was taking these suplexes on the concrete and stuff. But but the, but uh, when I watched it back last night, the cuts that they did in between all his action stuff, it looked great. But when you were there live, you could tell, like, oh, man, he's slow. Like, he's really slow and the energy's missing. So, I mean, obviously the magic was still there, but it just it didn't come off as big as, as when I was watching it back later on. Hmm. So, for me, tonight was actually a, a much more fun night. The energy was a, lot, was a lot better, a lot of fun. The Wee Man pop was huge. Um the McAfee, obviously, the McAfee thing was huge too. Um, but so you, so you go from McAfee to Vince to Austin was the pinnacle, and mm-hmm. then you have to come back down. It, it dips a little bit to try to get back up to Lesnar Reigns, and it just felt a little forced. And I think it came off that way, like it was a little forced. Like we're just going to go from zero to to three hundred real quick to try to get through this because that's usually what Brock matches are, right? They're not a lot of wrist locks, and you know it's, it's just a bunch of power moves. Um, so for me tonight was 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 a much much more fun night. I mean, I mean, had, had a lot more fun tonight than I did last night. I I, I think, uh, and then I also think that like 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 the Charlotte Charlotte Ronda match was sloppy at parts too. It felt forced, and uh, everyone was just ready to see Austin last night. So to me, I enjoyed tonight a lot better. Like it just seemed like it went, and it was an hour shorter. I think too. Right. So, was it? I don't think so. Felt like it. I mean, it we wasn't? started pretty much. What time did we start last night, John? Um, yeah, it, it was comparable. It, I think it was comparable. Oh, yeah. well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take that back. Uh, the okay. journey to the car was a lot shorter than it was last night. Thank yeah, you very so much, Colby, otherwise. for the call. Appreciate yep. it. All right, safe travels. One last call. I'm going to make an exception for this guy because he is the Professor Chris Ely. Chris, what do you think of WrestleMania? Uh, it was fine. Um, I thought night one was much better than night two. I actually just got through listening to your um, podcast from last night. Um, I, th- I thought it was interesting to listen to uh, Cody uh, in that post. Uh, I don't know if you saw the yeah. press conference he was a part of, but he mm-hmm. kept on every time he said sports entertainment, he would – like quickly say or wrestling or he'd say sports entertainment or wrestling or wrestling or sports entertainment. He he kept on doing that. 
Um, and he didn't feel like he was saying a bunch of company lines, so I thought that was kind of refreshing from a WWE guy. He said them, but they were more veiled than they were like overt. Um, well, he just spent the better part of six years kind of rebelling a bit against, you know, the corporate <laughs> speak, right? Like yeah. the, the press conference felt very much in tone, similar to his AEW conferences that he would, you know, it, they felt intimate. You know, he would answer and freely kind of discuss everything. But I'm sure he has had the talk with them about, you know, the, the proper lingo. But I, I get the sense he's probably working out with Vince like a proper way to balance it so that he retains that authenticity in his own presentation. Right. Yeah, I, I think so. And um, the the fact that when he told um, Vince th- that that um, he wanted to keep all of his AEW stuff and Vince said, well, if it ain't broke, uh, don't fix it. Uh, I, I think that's proof right there that Vince doesn't watch AEW uh, because the it was broke. Yeah, the tail end of that was when he was struggling a little bit, but uh, yeah, that's that's all I have to say. A uh, great, great show. Hey, um, question night. for yeah, you specifically: What do you did you think of Omos's WrestleMania debut? Oh my god! What uh, is, is this his debut? Um, no, no, debut. they ended the streak tonight. He's now one and one. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, the the guy is he he tries man i saw the the video of him rapping and stuff um i rapping. i think yeah there was some video that was going around the, uh twitter of him uh rapping and he was actually he he showed a little bit of charisma there i mean it's just he's he's not a good wrestler and i just don't think he's ever going to be a good wrestler he's just too big and just moves too awkward to be a quality wrestler, but you know, Hey, make your money, man. That's all I got to say. <laughs> this is yeah, nice I, I mean, I feel like. dude, it was not a good match. Like you can't, it's like, that's yeah, it's like, like a, that's, that's the predicament of this. Like if, if this were 1987, it would be okay. You can, you can get a run out of this guy to go to all the cities with Hogan and he can body mm-hmm. slam this guy and leg drop him, And you can, you protect yeah. him on TV and do the whole Zeus push for him. You could do that in this day and age. You just can't like, and he's at like a very elementary level and he looks fantastic. But what mm-hmm. what are we doing this year build for? Like what we're putting all these resources in it when it's time to cash out. What are we cashing out? And it tonight it was a loss to Bobby Lashley. So he's right. he's an he's an interesting one to watch how like the next chapter is going to be. I I thought they were they would at least like have um, MVP turn on Lashley and then maybe be a spokesperson for almost. Uh, they could but, still do that. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's, it's, the dream is over, man. It's it's it's, it's gotta it's gotta stop. <laughs> it's just not happening. Thank you, the professor. Have Chris a good night, Chris. Um, okay, we have a bunch of feedback to go to from our patrons at forum.postwrestling.com. We have forum threads open that you can leave feedback for for all of our shows. Uh, and John, you just say. When you want to read until we don't have yeah, to do let's, all let's, of them. We'll, we'll go through these. I'll, I'll start. We have a Xavier here from the Bay Area. The whole card was fun. Both nights uh, were uh, most fun I've had a uh, full WrestleMania in years. 
Keep two nights forever. The main event was neat. I liked it. I love the Reigns character, so I'm a little biased. A lot has changed since Reigns and Lesnar last met. I want to put some shine on Michael Cole. All night he was great, but I've never heard him so loose and having fun as he did in the Sami Zayn match. Then the McAfee match, he was excellent. McAfee and Cole were perfect to call that match. Um, uh, you know, Cole got into it and Pat McAfee, that's right up his alley to, to call that match. And he says he felt so genuine and really elevated the moment. Yeah. He had a, he had a much better, um, performance this year. Remember than, than last year where he, uh, called the Sasha. No, the Sasha Bianca finish when he called it as a near fall on the finish. Yeah. It's rough. Like you, you like, you know, you botched like the big main event call. Mm hmm. Uh, all right, we go up next to Tuffy T- Togi, who says, first off, thank you guys for all the coverage this week. I tried my best to keep up with all the happenings. I don't think I have had any success without post. Oh, well, thank you for that. I haven't been a regular WWE viewer for nearly five years for a variety of reasons, with my following limited shows like yours and social media. And unfortunately, the two nights of WrestleMania were a reminder as to why. A surprising amount of good between the two shows with an unsurprising amount of filler. But much like John mentioned on Twitter, and I'm sure on this show, their use of the Big E replay completely turned me off. Not just for the rest of the night too, but it's what I'm thinking of coming out of these two shows rather than any positives. Not only do they show the replay again, but New Day loses in two minutes. It's like they just can't help themselves. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. I just think it's a really like, uh, it's just people that don't want to see that. And I think, um, as much of like people that are there that I don't think want, want to see that. So it just, um, I, I, yeah. I don't know why the need to do it versus like, if, if you want to do your stills or explain the story, you can go about it that way. I do not have to see a man at the point of contact where he legitimately breaks his neck and it is not hyperbole to say like he could have been paralyzed or even worse uh from that so mm-hmm. like I, I don't want to watch that i, I don't want to see any replays of you know when when buff bagwell got his uh broke his neck on tv you know it's like all of these like i, I don't want to see any of these and and there's a way to tell that story without actually graphically showing the actual event that happened um yeah, as far as them losing, I mean, I have to imagine they're trying to set it up so that when Big E does return, they have an opponent to beat. But then again, we were talking about the same feud where, I mean, uh, Ricochet lost like five times in a row to Sheamus and Ridge Holland and yet um came back to beat them. So they could have absolutely booked them to win here, the New Day. Uh, you're next, John. Manny from Pacoima uh, says, another stupendous night. It's great to see that even though on paper both nights didn't look so interesting, I still had a fun time watching and enjoyed the matches. Sasha finally ended the streak and got her first WrestleMania win with an amazing-looking tag finisher. Matches of the night for me would be Zayn and Knoxville and Pat McAfee against Austin Theory and Vince just for the fact that both matches were just nonstop fun. What do you see next for Roman Reigns? With a clean finish, he will have a new challenger or challengers at Backlash. Uh, yeah, I guess it'll be interesting if they play up this uh the shoulder injury and if not, if it's a actual opponent, um then yeah, I could see like Drew or Lashley being um because in in essence, you have both rosters to draw from and not just SmackDown now. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Um but most interesting to me is just how they continue to tell stories for the show that doesn't have a title program. And I mean, I guess now you would expect maybe Ro- Roman primarily stays on Raw maybe. To tell those stories if Ronda stays on SmackDown, that might be the next big program. Yeah, that's possible. Like you could very well get Reigns tomorrow night on on Raw. They've mm-hmm. only all they've announced is Veer and uh, and we know Cody's doing a segment on the show. All right, we got a David Porges who says just wanted to share my thoughts about the main event. 
It's basically everything that I hate about modern WWE main event matches, especially Brock's and Roman's. A finisher spamming fest where everybody does their finisher four times, and then a super anticlimactic finish. I'm completely done with this pairing, and hopefully we won't get a rematch anytime soon between the two of them. They basically sacrificed their whole roster to feed Roman and Brock for this match, and it was not worth it. Let's see who they have for Roman, because they have completely diminished any potential challenger on the roster. Thanks as always. Do you do you think the 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 Brock Lesnar you know fini- finisher spamming formula do you, has it run its course? Um, I I've seen it work, and I've also seen where you know in this one I, I didn't think it was one of the better examples of it. Um, you know, but it's it's one that like when it when it works, crowd gets really into it. Uh, it's it's probably better than than going twenty minutes. I thought they were into tonight, like they were reacting to. Yeah, yeah, like they were reacting. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not downplaying it either. I I don't think this like hit the level of like a high intensity one. And I think people were expecting, you know, this to be, no, this was promoted to be something very, very significant. And I don't think they reached that level. And that's, that's the level they promoted this at. So it was a high bar for them to have to, and to have to follow Austin on top of it. But it's not like the crowd was dead for that match. Hardly. So mm-hmm. again, I think it's in the middle if you're looking at the, the WrestleMania matches. Uh, Kate from Montreal, WrestleMania would have been vastly improved if they had done the two nights in the opposite order. Having Triple H opening the whole thing and building the way up to Austin at the end would have been a much stronger presentation. I get that they wanted to put the final focus on active stars, but there's no doubt that Austin's return was the big attraction. Nothing was going to touch that. I went into the second night anticipating that the men's tag match and McAfee theory would be the best things on the show. And for my taste, that's how I feel coming out. Happy to see Sasha finally get a win on the grandest stage after going 0-6. Not happy that we got the footage of Biggie's injury again or that the New Day got jobbed out in two minutes. You're telling me they had to be cut. That had to be cut for time last night. Do you think that they're going to introduce a new title or stick with the unified one? I think at, at some point we get back to two titles. I think that's, you know, as long as they're going to have the brand split, they're going to have titles on both shows. I think the only question is how long they feel obligated to play out this unified title. Yeah. It's also a good point uh, Kate had about Sasha go, um, finally getting a win after be- being 0-6. I didn't realize the record was like that. And Sasha kinda- Banks and Vince McMahon, both on the same night. Wow. It made the tears from Sasha, you know, make a bit more sense for that right. reason. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't even aware of uh, her record. Okay. Uh, this person has a pretty long piece of feedback, so I'm going to read uh, just not all of it, but as much as I, 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 I'm able to. He says, uh, opening the Raw Tech... Opening with the Raw Tag Title match was a very, very hot start to the show and was enjoyable with each team genuinely looking good and they didn't split RK Bro. Uh, I'm still utterly confused by the Taker segment, although him not putting his fist up on night one, then coming out again tonight and putting his fist up has me concerned we're going to see the man wrestle again. It did just feel like a total waste of time to do basically the same thing twice. I don't agree with that. I mean, you know, you have audiences that... um aren't the same necessarily for between the two nights it's not like they had the whole hall of fame class come out and um did they have to have to do it the second night no they didn't but i don't think many people uh, i, I think i think it was i think it was cool to have the appearance on, on yeah. both nights it's it's a big character for people to see live and I, I i had no issue with that i mean god it was what two minutes yeah and like people are happy to be able to see that Undertaker song and they'll probably smoke. try to do every year to have Undertaker if he's physically able to walk to the ring to have some involvement every year at WrestleMania, even if it's just coming down and choke slamming a heel or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the most part, that character is for the better part of like the past few years has been mainly the entrance anyway. Uh, last thing I'm going to read here. He says McAfee theory was good, but why in the world did we need a several minute match of Vince McMahon just pummeling McAfee and then pinning the man after his WrestleMania debut just to get a Stone Cold moment? Could Vince could have just had Vince Theory and Vince beat up Pat and have Stone Cold make the save? 
well, what is what is the difference between having Pat getting beat up by Vince in theory? Versus- it was all designed to get heat so that Austin has a reason to come down, and that, and that's what they went with. I mean, it was all about the the Austin pop at the end. And they could have like- just yeah yeah exactly exactly what you said, John. They could have just had a beat down. But then we wouldn't be glowing. The people that watch the show and the people that left wouldn't be glowing that they got to see about the fact that they got to see Vince McMahon technically in a match against Pat McAfee. And I think to make you feel bad about Pat McAfee taking a loss makes you want to see Stone Cold come out and, you know, give him some redemption that much more. And we're here talking kind of about like Pat McAfee as if he's like an up and coming prospect in the WWE. No, dude, the wins and losses mean nothing with a, with a Pat McAfee. No. It, it, frankly, they, they've trivialized all wins and losses pretty much. It's like, it's, it's not at this state where, yeah, I, like that's not even part He's of He's a equation. celebrity who's going to yeah. wrestle at best once, once to this wasn't, years. this wasn't Cody being put in that situation, for instance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jay from Windsor writes that he liked tonight's show, but night one was much better. Match of the night for me was McAfee and Theory, and I also really enjoyed the men's tag title match. Yeah, the, the men's tag title match, like, I thought it was like really good and probably kind of gets, gets lost in the shuffle on, on this show, but it was, it was to me one of the better matches. Um, Edge and AJ, uh, was, was also a match he enjoyed. Low point was McMahon against McAfee. Vince is just too old and it was very hard to suspend any disbelief. Even the stunner spar was hard. To sp- I don't think they're trying to suspend any disbelief about the 76 year old Vince McMahon. Uh, I can't blame him for not being able to do it, but I blame him for putting himself in a situation he wasn't physically fit to be in. With this Edge Priest faction happening, who else do you see joining or do you see them just doing a mentor protege story? I think a third person will really round things out and, you know, that it would allow them to do tag team matches and more importantly, would give them a chance to have somebody be able to benefit from Edge's name value. And I think his excellent promo ability, you know, being able to position Priest as the the muscle, the tallest guy in the group, similar to how, you know, uh, Jake Hager is for like um, the Jericho Appreciation Society or any of those, you know, AEW teams, I think would be really great. I think he should take on a tag team. You know, and really like be able to have a, or at least create a new tag team that can be new challengers in that division. So I'm not saying they do it, but you have had 33 years since the 1989 Survivor Series. And finally, you could do, uh, Bobby leaving Ziggler and we get Rude's Brood. Rude's Brood. Okay. You can. Technically, you can do that with this roster. We have one more piece of feedback because then I'm done. Oh, boy. Yes. We go to Eric from Barry who says, For both nights, we had the same group of six hardcore wrestling fans together to watch the shows. Tonight, I had a different feel than last night. Our group had a lower energy, and the excitement wasn't as close as it was on Saturday, which is not surprising since last night was the far more stupendous show. Theory versus McAfee was the most popular match, including the hilariously dreadful stunner at the end on Vince. Both nights running until midnight was exhausting, and I'm grateful that I have tomorrow off of work. So um, we don't, but um, no, we're happy no, you do. <laughs> no, I will be up in a couple of hours, and it all begins again. But thank you. Uh, uh, to- hey, one last pe- one last super chat while, while we have okay. it here. Comes to us from Evan. Thank you for sending the $5. He says, just an idea. If Roman does take some story, ti- story time off, storyline time off, WWE does a UFC-style interim champion. <laughs> Loved all the shows. Interim championships in the WWE. How, how, how do we go from having two world championships and then we got an interim title? Nah, it's too much. They, 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 like, well, that's no different than not having any championship, like having just separating the two championships, right? The, 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 the benefit of having the unified championship is that there is no doubt that this is the person. 
who is the best and to create an interim to me defeats that purpose. Yeah, we will see. Like it's, um, um, yeah, I mean, Reigns and Lesnar are both, uh, advertised for, for backlash as, as of right now, but of course always, uh, can change. But nonetheless, uh, we are going to sign off. Thank you to everybody, uh, for all of your, uh, whatever you have followed of our coverage over the past uh, couple of days. If you can, subscribe to the channel. We are going to be back on Monday night, minutes after Raw, uh, with Rewind to Raw. We will be live at 11.05 p.m. Eastern Time, and the post-daily news show is back Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and we are going to be joined uh, by Pat LaProd of TVA Sports, uh, who is there at AT&T Stadium uh, for... The Kevin Owens and Steve Austin segment and Pat has covered Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen's career as long and as thoroughly as anybody uh, that is out there uh, going back to when Kevin Steen debuted in 2002. So I'm looking forward to chatting with Pat about being in the stadium uh, for that and his overall thoughts just on the weekend. He was on a lot of different shows, including WrestleMania. So Pat LaProd will be with us live at one Eastern and it's another another packed day. Another packed day, and uh, you can, of course, find it all. If you, this is not enough for you, you want some, some more wrestling, always check out postwrestling.com. It is where we have everything. New episode of WrestleNomics that just dropped from Brandon Thurston uh, talking about WrestleMania attendance figures and uh, what he, I suppose, uh, what clarity we may get on the situation. So always stuff there. There you go. Postwrestling.com. PostWrestlingCafe.com for all of our bonus coverage of WrestleMania and wrestling, re- wrestling related events from, uh, over the past couple of days. So you can check out all of that. Again, a big, big thank you to John Ceno, John Pine, Bruce Lord, Karen Peterson, Andrew Thompson, Braden Harrington, Davey Portman, the whole post wrestling crew, uh, that has been, uh, putting out tons of work over the last, uh, week. So thanks to everybody. Thank you to you, Wei, and we will chat with you on Monday.